0: Hello oh, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we are going to be talking about John Garfield. And we're going to go through all of his films that we've seen. This time we did something a little bit different where we didn't watch any of the movies together like we have in the past. Well, Actually, we did one. We watched one I was going to say, we
1: watched one yeah. together? Black I think Worlds. just one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we don't know anything about what the other person thinks about the film. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. I'm just going to start with a really brief backstory because we didn't do a bio episode, but Carla covered some ground in the first episode. So John Garfield was born Jacob Julius Garfinkel in New York City. And he had a pretty rough childhood he was involved in like street gangs and his mom died when he was 7 and his father was pretty abusive to him so he turned to acting because he didn't do very well in school and that was a way for him to express himself and get away from some of the things in his life that were bothering him and i think Later on in his life, that was still true. He used acting as just like something to do and escape for a while. He started on stage and then he got a contract with Warner Brothers in the 1930s. And his first film, which Louise will talk about, was Four Daughters. Oops. And he just totally changed the acting scene Blew people away, and yeah, do so you want to start?
1: Of course, <laughs> yes, okay. So, beautiful introduction, as always. Oh,
0: thank you. <laughs> yeah, Four
1: Daughters debut film 1938, directed by Michael Curtis, which I've, he's done a lot, I feel
0: like. Yeah, I know that name. <laughs> yeah, he did and- one of the Elvis movies, he did Wait, King in- Creole, King
1: Creole, yes, yeah, yeah I <laughs> know this name, very different film. Fucking yeah. The vibe of four daughters is quite lovely. In a way. It's about the Lemp family. Four daughters. We got Anna, who's my favorite. Emma, Kate, and Tia. And they're all they all musically gifted. So they one plays piano. I think Anne plays the violin. Oh, which will
0: we'll show up in another Garfield
1: film. <laughs> Kate sings. He sings. And then I think there's so someone on the piano. Oh, the piano.
0: And... Is there like
1: a Oh, cello, there's a cello. Yes. Yeah, a double it's bass. cello or harp or
0: something. I harp. don't know. It's a
1: harp. It's a <laughs> harp. Yeah, yeah. I can I see swear, it. I swear, I know it.
0: instruments. I swear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's kind of just like a little family drama. All the girls have like male love interests and stuff. It's from the furries. Look, no. it's brilliant that there's four daughters. I love it when there's only daughters. But yeah, they've all got boyfriends. That's what moves the story along. They're living harmoniously. It's just sweet. It's nice and then enter John Garfield's character. He's a cynic, kind of a bit of a bad boy, called Mickey Borden, and he's a piano player. And I know Carlo was saying it a lot in the last episode, but yeah, his introduction on the piano is just beautiful. He's got the cigarette dangling out of his mouth. You can see everything from that character in that. Like He kind of, he brings the mood down in the film but in a good way. I feel like he grounds it a lot. Um, and then he strikes up a romance with Anne, which i was so happy about because she's my favourite. She's like writing in her journal stuff. I just love her. <laughs> but it's really nice to watch as well because it's like that trope of the sweet, fuzzy character and then like the hardened one. And yeah. it just follows like what how he goes into their life and what happens from that. It's only 90 minutes long though. So I feel like this is the only time one of his films, it should have been longer we don't go into it as much as we should like each sister and stuff like that
0: yeah because he only appears like 30 minutes in or something right Yeah. yeah he
1: appears like 35 minutes in i was thinking to myself where is he because also something to know not only his first film but his first oscar nomination yeah which is just wild to support an actor i was thinking when's he gonna come in where is he (laughs) He when he's brilliant in it, I think he's really good in it, and you just knew straight away that like he just had this persona on screen. It was just wicked. He like commanded it, and this is his first film. Yeah, really. I know like he had theater and stuff, but like insane that this is his first film.
0: Yeah, he's so
1: good in it.
0: Theater and film are very different mediums. Yeah, and it's really hard to do both. And. It's crazy how most old Hollywood actors either started on theatre or did theatre, and they were successful in movies as well. Because I feel like you don't really see that anymore.
1: No. I know you have, like, Shakespearean actors nowadays, but not even. That was more like
0: ninety eight. Yeah. I think Hollywood was
1: still looked down upon.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Because John yeah. Garfield was also a part of the Strasbourg group, wasn't he? Yeah, he
0: was part of the... It was literally the group. Yes. Like the group, that was yeah.
1: That yeah. was <laughs> no, so inventive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, they okay. they were very elitist and they hated Hollywood. So I, it is especially interesting that people would usually transfer from theater to Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild though. And he got the Oscar I, 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 I forgot a list to, like, of, of who the he people. was up against. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. you got the list. Yeah, okay. so
1: I didn't know. I didn't know any of these people. Oh, <laughs> So should I say all the winner as well? Should I say that first? Sure, yeah. So the winner was Walter Brennan in Kentucky. I feel like I know that name.
0: Yeah. I'm not seen it. He was in a lot of movies and he was like the sidekick in Western films a lot of the time. So
1: I haven't yeah, seen I Kentucky, think but. He wins it for a supporting role, innit? It must be where he shines.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't think he ever had a leading role. <laughs>
1: No. <laughs> some people just aren't cut out for it I feel no like. he's like a
0: character actor I think
1: but they always say the supporting one's the best isn't it and you want the and credit things like that yeah I just feel like the supporting actors are better we got Jean Lockhart in Algiers
0: okay not Don't familiar know. at all
1: <laughs> Robert Morley in Maria Marie Antoinette oh I, yeah I saw that Oh, it was is really it,
0: yeah? good. Yeah, I just watched that. Tyrone Powers in it. That's why I watched oh, it. Wait, who's does Tyrone Power play? Is any of them Louis? So the Robert Morley, he played Louis, and it was also his debut.
1: Oh, very interesting. Just yeah. so two.
0: Yeah, wow. and Tyrone Power was he was like the guy that she ha- Marie Antoinette had the affair with.
1: Ooh, nice. Okay, who played yeah. Marie?
0: Norma Shearer. I know that name. Yeah.
1: And then finally, we got Basil Rathbone for If I Were King. Yeah. I don't
0: know it. I've heard of him, but haven't seen the movie.
1: So, by the sounds of it, actually, they're all quite different. What did you think of Four Doors? I thought it was
0: okay. It was like too much of a little women rip off for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you that they didn't really go into most of the daughters, except for. Priscilla Lane. I can't was she Anne? She's Anne. Yeah, yeah. Anne. Okay. Oh it totally changed when John Garfield showed up because he, like, the film before was very fluffy and like those movies from the '30s that I hate that are just like really cheery, like too cheery. Yeah. Like it just feels wrong.
1: Yeah, it's mushy, and like um, well, you said, like you take your family to it, in it.
0: Yeah, and then he just shows up and is (laughs) he's just saying like the wildest stuff and he's smoking like the entire movie and I loved seeing his progression though growing accustomed to this family and kind of lightening up a little bit so yes
1: and I wanted him to light up so badly there's a bit in when they're at Christmas and like they're all under the mistletoe and then the dad brings in Anna and he's just watching and it's really sad. it's like go on I, I'm like yeah. there in the camera go on go with them have
0: fun <laughs> yeah I remember that scene and I could relate to that because everyone was like having fun and he was just like standing in the corner yeah
1: relatable king <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> yeah but one scene that stood out to me that I thought was really cute was when he and Priscilla Lane are decorating the gingerbread men yeah, and he yeah, like gives yeah. her a little kiss on the cheek and it's so cute <laughs> oh it's so lush isn't it yeah
1: <laughs> and also she, she puts his gingerbread mouth with, with a frowny face Oh. <laughs> and then she changes it to a smile oh, it's and so that kiss is beautiful yeah it's lush. yeah I'm gutted that they didn't show Anne and Mickey like happy though when they get married it's all bad for them I didn't
0: really like it after the wedding when like she was gonna get married and then she ran off And got married to Mickey instead. At that point, I I could understand why she would not want to get married. Because her sister was in love with the guy she was going to get married to. Oh, very Joe, Laurie, Amy. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. But it's just like she ran off and then got married to someone else. Yeah. And I just didn't really get it, I guess, like why she would want to do that.
1: It happened very soon, but that's that runtime, isn't it? yeah that's true it happened way too soon in a way as well should we talk about the end or should we keep yeah spoiler free what you what do you think Uh, it's so true because i feel like not a lot of people have seen these films yeah
0: (laughs) we can do spoilers but we'll say if we're gonna say a spoiler so like skip ahead a little bit yeah so what did you think of the ending
1: i was so annoyed i was because i I just wanted happiness between Anne and mickey and then they bloody spoiler alert kill him (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> he's dying before as well. She goes to see him in the hospital. and Also, seeing him driving in the snow—what's going on at the moment? It's a bit it's scary. Too close to home or yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was really annoyed. He, I kind of think I knew it because I saw that they did sequels without him. Oh
0: yeah, That's
1: I was thinking right. hmm, they're not gonna—they're not gonna laugh <laughs> <there."> like, Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I was I was very annoyed, especially because I didn't want to with that Vince guy or what's his name? the Vince? With a v. I don't know, I just
0: thought oh, of him Felix, as Lori. Sorry. The, the, the oh be like not related
1: at all. So I was just really annoyed. Yeah, I thought it was a bit mm. of a cop out really.
0: what about you. Okay, I'm just trying to remember Mickey killed himself like to sacrifice himself so Anne could be with Felix? Yeah, it's not explicitly said. But yeah, okay. He, I think because, he saw
1: what they were like together.
0: Yeah, because Felix and the other sister didn't end up getting married, right? No. Okay, and I think Mickey was like, he'd rather she be happy than be with him. But I'm like, you don't need to kill yourself. No,
1: <laughs> there's <laughs> you other options. Do something else.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so- but i that kind of guy, honestly.
1: Yeah, that's our Mickey. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I love him, but he needs help. (laughs) Yeah, but the ending, I liked it, except for the part like right before he dies when he's in the hospital when he like wants her to give him a cigarette, and is he like filtered or unfiltered? And she's like, "It's filtered," or I don't know, like it's the stupidest line, and then he just dies so fine why did yeah he just, What did he just died because he didn't like the cigarette or something I don't
1: know He's like, that's it done what's the point um,
0: yeah so this was the one that catapulted John Garfield to fame which like no one was expecting I guess they all thought he was weird or something that's how different his acting yeah, style he... was like they were like no. oh you're such a weirdo yeah Ew, go away <laughs> Jughead
1: from Riverdale vibes that
0: monologue or whatever that quote could apply to Mickey <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see him saying it to Anne. I'm such a weirdo I've never seen you without a <laughs> <this> cigarette <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> I've never even seen Riverdale but I know that line
1: <laughs> but John Garfield is so unlike the Hollywood leading man like mm. at this
0: point yeah he's short he's Jewish he's not conventionally attractive yes he, but I he's find him very attractive yeah. yeah just the fact that he became such a popular leading man is really awesome and he proved everyone wrong so
1: i really love him can i say from doing this we appreciate him <laughs> oh good i'm glad
0: yeah i love him too and yeah he's one of my short kings right <laughs> he really was different for 1938 or whatever and I think that just really appealed to people and so then Warner Brothers tried to capitalize off of the success of Four Daughters by basically so stupid I don't know why they did this oh no but they made two or three more movies like like the Four Daughters cinematic universe
1: it was (laughs) oh my god
0: FDCU (laughs) Yeah, it was um, four wives. Yeah, and
1: four mothers. Yeah, it was awful in air.
0: <laughs> and then they made one that has the same exact cast, but it's totally unrelated, and it's what? called Daughters Courageous.
2: Oh, and it has God.
0: like nothing what? to do with it. It's like totally different story, but it's everyone is the exact same. And I guess Warner Brothers like thought these would be successful. I think they were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, John Garfield, I think he appears as, like, a ghost in the second oh. one. <laughs> what? Oh my god.
1: That's um, so bad.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch it because I think he only has one scene and I was like, I don't care to watch more of <laughs> don't this. Don't want to see this. cheese. But yeah, I just love that they brought him back for one scene and it's, like, his third movie or something. But I, I guess Daughter's Creators actually is not yet. I won't get into that yet. Okay, okay. Sorry, I was just looking at his film. It's actually, they made me a criminal. Oh, okay. So have you seen that one? I have. Oh, <laughs> I will say they, they remade Four Daughters. Right. In 52, I think. Oh my God. What? Um, who who played who? Oh my God. Doris Day played Anne and Frank Sinatra played <laughs> Mickey.
1: <laughs> what? No. No, because I'm such a Frank Sinatra actor anti like, hated, <laughs> another short king so I guess they're keeping That's it true. but oh whoa, I don't <laughs> like
0: that yeah I watched it and it's okay but yeah Frank Sinatra okay. is no John Garfield no no and really. they made it a musical God. And it's so long; it's two hours or something. They yeah, just oh, why stretch don't we it out.
1: Two-hour John Garfield and Priscilla Laneville. Yeah,
0: I would much rather have that, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it's literally an exact recreation. Like some of the lines are the exact same. I just think it's interesting to watch two actors play basically the same role but do it differently. Yes, yeah. and at that point, Frank Sinatra had already done quite a few movies and he's not very good at it and then this is John Garfield's first movie but nothing against Frank Sinatra I like Frank Sinatra it's just I don't think there was a good part for him and he and Doris Day have no chemistry oh no I'd never put
1: them two together
0: Doris Day is like too wholesome but I think with Priscilla Lane she does it well because she humanizes Anne rather than just making her like cutesy and just be pretty or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, there's so yeah. much, there really is genuinely so much depth to Anne. We just don't have enough time to see it. Uh, I think yeah. that does a really good job with
2: her.
0: Yeah, next we have They Made Me a Criminal which was released in 1939. It was like the first of a string of man on the run like fugitive type roles that he played. So he plays Johnny Bradfield. Love it. <laughs> who is a boxer, falsely accused of murder. And so he disappears and starts living and working on like a date farm. The detective played by Claude Rains. So is, they were a
1: duo. They were
0: in so many films together. He's chasing him. And so basically it's about Johnny trying to... Like, stay undercover and help these kids, played by the dead-end kids, learn how to box and not get caught. I don't know. It's an okay movie.
1: Wait, what's the dead-end kids?
0: Oh, sorry. So the dead-end kids were this group of eight kids from, like, the streets of New York. Like, they were literally just, like, hoodlums from New York that got picked up one day and taken to Hollywood and they were they appeared in a bunch of films and they were usually the leading actor would be like a mentor to them like within the film but I guess in reality they were like really big pains in the butt and like John Garfield hated working with them oh my gosh (laughs) Yes. and uh, I can't blame him like in all the movies of theirs I've seen they're so annoying and they just talk and argue and just oh I don't get the appeal I'm sorry yeah but apparently there's this one scene in the film where they go swimming in like this big tank of water that like this farmer uses to water his crops and <laughs> and so I guess something happened and John Garfield almost drowned one of the kids because they weren't, like... In real life? Yes. Oh, my
1: God. They weren't,
0: like, cooperating and paying attention, so I guess that was his way of, like, (laughs) teaching them a lesson.
1: That's so... I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it also is kind of... Yeah. so John.
0: It is, yeah. (laughs) And when they worked with James Cagney, he, like, beat one of them up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how bad were these kids <laughs> they were so bad like they did not pay attention at all so
1: <laughs> and it was
0: the same like group that's so funny yeah i'm so intrigued i wonder if i've seen anything <laughs> with them in probably not but you might like this one yeah okay. yeah since it's like the first of his roles where he's playing like a man on the run yeah it doesn't feel tired yet um And yeah, like he seems to be having some fun and he's playing a boxer, which he he did often in his career. So it's fun to see him doing a little bit of that before Body and Soul. I think with this film and like some of his subsequent films, Warner Brothers is grooming him to be like the next James Cagney. And as a um, James Cagney fan, it's interesting to me that people do compare them because other than just playing gangsters, like they don't, they're not really that similar. And so I like that John Garfield kind of tried not to be like James Cagney, yeah, because no one can be like James Cagney, and he just did his own thing. But I can see were they why people the same... compare them.
1: Sorry, oh, okay. go ahead. Were they a part of the same studio?
0: James Cagney started at Warner Brothers, but he didn't really like working with the studio, which is how John Garfield was. Where he- they both got really tired of playing gangsters, and they both did a good job at it. But it would get annoying to play the same thing over and over it's again.
1: So much of their filmography is yeah. that. I don't know about Cagney, but with Garfield, it's so it's just all this yeah they are all the same.
0: Yeah, which is maybe why I can't remember them very well because it's basically the same story just with a different cast, and he differentiates the characters enough to. Make it interesting, I think. Yeah. I I don't know. What do you think about the typecasting? It's quite interesting that in his second film that John
1: Garfield's kind of already been typecasting. He was so rough, like he was from like, the streets and stuff. He fit that mold anyway. Mm-hmm. They were all just giving him those roles. He was never going to play like a sappy romantic film ever. No. It's
0: yeah, because even like James Cagney got to. Because he could, he did some musicals because he could dance and sort of sing. I don't know. (laughs) But he could dance. And he even did some romance-ish films. But yeah, John Garfield had like romance in his movies, but he was never a romantic lead. Yes. And he was never like, I obviously I know we just
1: talked about four daughters. He was like in the relationship. A lot of time, it's it's not like a good relationship. It's even one of them's cheating, or he's uh, they're waiting for him while he's in prison. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a nice relationship. No,
0: yeah, they maybe have one cute scene, but that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we didn't even really get any of that, which is too bad because I think he could have done it. The fact that he was under contract for most of his career, and it was during the phase. Or, like, the era when, if you're under contract, like, that was all you could do, yeah. was what they told you to do. And, yeah, I just think he didn't really have any other options. But the fact that he was able to make movies outside of the studio is incredible anyway. Yeah. So, I'm glad he at least got to do that. Do you want to do Blackwell's mm-hmm. Island?
1: Yeah, of course. Okay. So, Blackwell's Island, we watched <laughs> it together. We fun. did. Yes. This is, like, it's like his... Paint by Numbers prison film who plays Tim Hayden, great name, and he's a reporter that then gets himself into prison because he's trying to get close to this mob boss and expose him. And Blackwell's Island is the prison. The only thing I can remember from this film is like how much the mob boss was like living it up in prison.
0: Yeah. Like, that was it was not place. prison. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> he did better in prison than he yeah. did in reality. So
1: Yeah, I don't have a lot to say. This one is only 70 minutes, which is beautiful um because it feels so
0: long it
1: does yeah it doesn't feel like that
0: (laughs) it's not very memorable but there's like certain scenes that I think are pretty good yeah like within it yeah I think the issue is that it was going for slapstick yes (laughs) as well like
1: didn't know what it was doing no
0: he started with one of the other lane sisters in this not really star she's on the poster but she has really limited screen time
1: yeah she's i don't i was just gonna she, say it i don't remember anything about her in it
0: me neither next we have daughters courageous which is the one that they were trying to bank off of the success of four daughters but it's not part of the universe it's just like they replicate the vibes though
1: i can't believe this
0: <sighs> i don't know it's so stupid i just <laughs> i'm so confused and so then once again john garfield is like the He's not as cynical as Mickey but he's he's a downer but he's also playing the love interest of Priscilla Lane again. Once again we got Claude Rains as the father and he comes back to his family after being away for 20 years when everyone thought he died and he finds out that his wife is gonna marry someone else and so now she has to like either marry the guy she was going to marry or, like, her thought-to-be-dead husband. Oh, my God. And then the daughters, of course, are, like, trying to grapple with this because they thought he was dead. And now there's just, like, a subplot with John Garfield and Priscilla Lane, and I could what's not his- tell you anything about no. it. i see. Mean, what's his uh, mood like? Is he like Mickey or not? Yeah, I remember him being, like, not as interesting, though. Right. Cause there's like something about Mickey that kind of draws you in because he's, I don't know what it is about him, but he's just, you can feel for him, especially with that whole monologue that he has about faith or always like trying to knock him down and stuff like that. But I I just remember him being a jerk and Daughter's Courageous, but I think he like wears a sweater in this
1: oh wait no that's actually
0: actually yeah you want to just touch on like why do you why you think he was like a sex symbol because I feel like people probably wouldn't expect that
1: I think it's like the danger of being like a bad boy i have already said that (laughs) he's not an average man like he's different he's cool he's jaded and it's like it's just such like an innate appeal of people I know I like it when not so clean cut and stuff i just think because it's so different as well for everyone else yeah makes the appeal even more
0: yeah what, what do you think yeah i think it's pretty much that just like people were seeing something different and kind of people like the danger yeah. even though yeah. in reality it's like you would not like mickey boy <laughs> <Martin. laughs> no red flag <laughs> yeah he's literally a walking red flag <laughs> But I think, like, for John Garfield, like, he just has that magnetism and... Yeah, charisma. Yeah, just that star power. Yeah, definitely. And he does this thing where he can light a match with just his fingers, which is, like, really hot. (laughs) But, yeah, keep an eye out if you watch any of his films. Please look out for that. Yeah. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How can we move on from that?
0: (laughs) Next, we have dust be my destiny which for me is like the first of his films where he's really able to do something i don't want to say different because he's still playing like a criminal on the run from the law but he makes the character yeah like he just makes him more complex and priscilla lane plays his leading lady and they are just so cute and they just have great chemistry. I really like them together. Oh, love No, same. <laughs> And so, Despie My Destiny came out in 1939. John Garfield's character is named Joe Bell. <laughs> he's sent to jail, of course, but for a crime that he did not commit. Ooh. And so he's working on a prison farm. Definitely slave labor. Yeah. There's like a scene with like, cow like he's milking a cow (laughs) oh no it's no great okay and priscilla lane plays mabel alden and she's the daughter of the guy who runs the prison farm and they start to fall in love but then the dad finds them and at one point he like has a heart attack and dies and they're they're there when it happens and so they're worried they're going to get blamed yeah. for killing him and so they go on the run and it's kind of like Bonnie and Clyde where they're lovers on the run. Oh wow, okay. I think so. It's, good. Yeah, I really liked it. I give it 4 stars but the average is 3 stars. <laughs> <laughs> we're just different uh, again. Yeah. It only has 404 logs on Letterbox
1: a lot of his films are not logged that much they're yeah. really quite low
0: and I don't know why maybe it is like a distribution thing or something like Carla was talking about this is the point for me in his career where he's like okay these are the roles I'm gonna be yeah. given I'm gonna make the most of them and he really does he's and leading so much, into it yeah so much of the film is like dependent on him and Priscilla's chemistry and they just really have that connection that I think is necessary and they just make the characters like them. You can really feel for him. He's like a he's afraid he's gonna get killed for two crimes like he didn't even commit and just that fear and I remember him not really being tough either. I remember him being a little bit more of a softy which I prefer as well I don't yeah. like just the really hardened type characters yeah. oh that's lovely there's this one scene where they're staying in this apartment and he comes back and he's bringing them ice cream
1: oh I love it it's so <laughs> cute oh that's lush yeah um, the bar is low but
0: <laughs> yeah just bringing me ice cream <laughs> Oh I love that. You really sold this one to me. Oh good. I think you'll like it. Yeah. Oh nice. Should we go into Castle? Sure. Have
1: you seen Castle on the Hudson?
0: I have, but I don't really (laughs) remember.
1: (laughs) This is actually the first it's actually quite nice to go from one of your faves to one of mine because this was the first film I watched of his I actually really enjoyed. Oh good. Just pulling it up just to double check. we got Castle on the Hudson. 40. We're in the 40s now. Once again, he's in a prison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just used to it's it now. It's just a given. It's got to be right. <laughs> but I actually can't... I remember how he gets put in jail. But I don't know why he didn't... He's in a restaurant, and the police arrest him, but I actually can't remember
0: why. <laughs> oh, my God. Probably, okay. like, murder or something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but what I remember from his character is that it's great. He doesn't work on Saturdays and I, that's a very important plot point because they do a like a prison break and it's great because he notices as they're doing it he notices on the newspaper that it's a Saturday and he's like no I'm not escaping you guys I don't do it on Saturdays and like he was good to choose that because then it gets like foiled and stuff oh. quite it's very good I like it a lot <laughs> <laughs> I just like that I thought it was so yeah. fun yeah um oh <laughs> and because he's in prison we love a uh, homoerotic shower scene. Oh. I think that also, that was the first time I saw his chest. Mm. And I know that's a really weird thing to say, but just you don't see it a lot in older films. you know yeah. the he was quite, they couldn't really. Yeah. I always like, think about things like that. But, um, I've just written on my li- my notes, naughty JG. He's naughty in it, basically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's <is> very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> i have guess- to re-watch this. I just remember Anne Sheridan being in it. And
1: she I was like great. Her. She, yeah, I I wrote in that they had really great chemistry together. Yeah. I actually like you don't see her a lot. It's in the beginning, but she's she's also quite hardened as well. She's quite a good match for him. Not so much a femme fatale, but like, she's she knows what he's doing as a criminal and stuff like that. And she's like holding <sighs> her eyes and stuff. Like. <laughs>
0: uh, and she comes um, to visit him in prison yeah. as well.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I quite I really did like them two together. I really like Sheridan in it anyway as well. I thought she was very good. Yes. Yeah. I like them. But no, I yeah I don't know why I'm just really oh my god I've just just checked as well. Maybe this <laughs> is why I like it. He gets put in solitary, and he gets stubble from it, and like it really suits him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he looks really good with a yeah. little bit of beard. Yeah. yeah <laughs> yes,
1: yes. <laughs> oh what I've also a little note as well is like he kept on punching people in the neck and it would knock them out and I just feel that's so funny it was always a neck there's always a <laughs> neck hit that's sounds <laughs> so
0: painful was... oh
1: my god it was so... <laughs>
0: yeah
1: he was a master at it <laughs> but yeah that's also <laughs> i have just double checked. Is so he's on can... them yeah only 70 minutes so see that a lot of these are like b-movies in a way they're not like proper feature films,
0: they are, but yeah, no, I know it what you mean.
1: Long. They didn't have the footage and stuff like for longer films, but yeah, it's just very something you would watch and then immediately forget. <laughs> like, yeah, I
2: mean.
1: and I like this film, I gave it four stars. I oh, it.
0: nice, bit A three, so yeah, not bad. Not bad.
1: That's not that's i take that from you 100%. <laughs>
0: it's yeah, just looking through his filmography, like a lot of them are B movies, yes. There's nothing wrong with B-movies. No, I love a lot of B-movies. It's just like, like, he was better than
1: that. (laughs) He was Oscar nominated in his first role. Come on people, what
0: are you doing? I'm just mad that like what Warner Brothers saw was a good move after that was to just keep making that movie over and over again. I feel like with movies, don't follow the principle of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because it's like, You just do it once and just do something else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's very safe for Hollywood, isn't it? Yeah. And it's also disappointing because I feel like a lot of his co stars aren't that good. They don't really measure up to his quality.
1: And also because so I'm thinking of I'm thinking of more of Blackwell's Island, right? The mobster is like the antagonist. And obviously Everyone that John Garfield plays is morally grey and stuff. But then, so because he, John Garfield's character is bad, the antagonists have to, like, notch it up even more for us to know that they're the bad guys. And then that just comes across as, like, like it just doesn't come across right.
0: Yeah. I think in that movie, his character just annoyed me. Yeah, And that's how a lot of the other side characters in John Garfield movies feel to me. Yeah. Like, they just feel like they're trying to do too much, but then what they do is like the opposite of what John Garfield is going for and then it just like counteracts each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. There's like certain movies I just really notice it in.
1: I so. wonder why it's like that. I don't get it. I don't either. Cause also I don't know, I won't lie to you, I did I don't know a lot of his co stars.
0: Me neither. They're not bad. It's just yeah they're not natural naturalistic like John Garfield yeah in some roles he's quite campy
1: but it's okay if like he is yeah we just have one and then but then there's one where everyone's doing a role when it's mom
0: yeah just tone it down a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so I think sometimes that hinders my enjoyment of the film as well it's just like cheaply made not great acting bad writing Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, it affects it all, definitely. The
0: next one is from 1940, and it's called Saturday's Children.
1: I'm so intrigued from this, because the poster on Letterboxd is so weird.
0: (laughs) I'm excited to tell you about this one, because I do remember it, and it's really weird. And so, John Garfield plays against type here, he's like a, I don't want to say he's nerdy, but He's, like, more shy, and he's an inventor. He's not, like, <laughs> stupid, but he's <laughs> oh, not, God. like, the smartest guy. Like, his yeah. inventions aren't really that good. He builds a lock that never works and just locks them inside or outside rather than anyone else. I love else. this already. <laughs> yeah. He meets this girl named Bobby. And her, she's the kind of the main character, and she lives with her family, and she has a sister who's married, and then her mother and father, and they all live together. And Bobby goes to work with her dad one day, and she meets John Garfield's character named Rims Rawson. Oh my god, Rims! <laughs> I never what? explained why he's called that. I don't know what a Rims is. Oh. What, is that short for something? right I, also, do you want to be called rim <laughs> yeah and they start to fall in love and um he wants to go to the philippines to turn a, like something into silk like grass i don't know like he's really into the silk business <laughs> whatever <laughs> i don't know like he thinks it'll make him a lot of money
2: <laughs> good um, for
0: rims yeah no he's He's ambitious, but Bobby doesn't want him to go because she thinks if he goes to the Philippines, then he'll like forget about her, meet some other girl, whatever. And so her sister tells her to basically trick him into marrying her so he won't go to the Philippines. And so she pretends that she has this other guy that she's seeing and that guy asks her to marry him and so then rams will have no other choice but to ask bobby to marry him instead so she basically like lies to him to get him to marry her <laughs> so off to a great <laughs> um and then they like move out into their own apartment and they're they have no money and bobby gets fired because for some reason at the job they work at if you're married the wife can't have a job anymore i've seen it actually
1: i've seen that a lot in older films you have no this is very weird actually it reminds me of a oh, i don't know where i can not it reminds me of a korean film i watched which i think it might be the Housemaid. where she i don't know what it is but when she gets married they're sitting there like it's her last day cause she's getting married
0: oh my god oh, what
1: is that?
0: i just think like, why they insane <laughs> Yeah, yeah. so they basically have no money and then they just don't really get along and I think at one point they want to get divorced and Rims is going to go back to, he wants to go to the Philippines but then Bobby learns that she's pregnant and so she's basically going to like use oh no she's in a pregnancy (laughs) yeah she's going to use the baby to trap him basically, (laughs) even though they hate each other
1: <laughs> Let him go to Philippines, please. And go.
0: And it. Oh, that reminds me. Rims got this letter that the job was like still open. He, if he wanted to, he could still go there. And yeah. Bobby gets this letter, and she tears it out. I hate like, her. Uh, she doesn't tell like, him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. That's cruel. So there's just like, lots of stuff like that happens throughout the film. It just makes me like dislike her, and then I don't want them to be together it's not cute it's not fun and there's like, all these outdated ideals about marriage it's weird though to see like a female character using marriage as like a trap like yeah. she, the other way around but
1: yeah but she's not made out to be like a villain say this is just meant to be like normal
0: yeah which makes it worse for me because she's yeah. she's so mean to him <laughs> rims yeah and then this is the craziest part if you don't mind if I spoil it
1: you go for it oh my god
0: I don't know how we can get more crazy (laughs) Bobby's father is played by Claude Rains obviously I should have known (laughs) yeah so he thinks that he needs to give them money and the only way (laughs) he thinks of doing of being successful at this is to kill himself So then they can have the, like, insurance money from his death. And so he goes to the office building. He, like, breaks the elevator. And he's going to freaking plummet to his death in the elevator.
1: What? I can't imagine this being shown in the 40s. What?
0: (laughs) But he doesn't die. And then, of course, it ends happily ever after. He's like, I'm not going to go to the Philippines. I'm going to stay here and we'll make it work. We're gonna have this baby, and I don't know. It's just a bunch of like, just forties nonsense of ideas like marriage and just all that crap. Stick together. No, you'd be way better off apart. They would be. And I just think like the fact that the father is gonna kill himself for the money is like, why? They would have PTSD from that. Wouldn't you rather they be poor and you be alive and happy rather than you be dead and like. They have this like, guilt money, and I don't know. It's just really weird. Never, like, they
1: can never go in a lift again. Like, no. That's ridiculous. Why Did is that I... your first fault? <laughs> Kill yourself.
0: <laughs> I don't know. This is, oh, like my... sell something. I don't know. <laughs> Please.
1: <laughs> I have never have gotten this from that poster. Oh no. my God. I thought it was going to be
0: fun and cute yeah. and like a rom com, but it is not. It is just depressing. Oh
1: my God. And it's Priscilla, did you say that's playing the woman?
0: No, it's, oh no, who um, it? Anne Shirley. Who
1: did they have chemistry? Did they like when they were good? They wanted to leave each other.
0: Yeah, they they like, got along at first, and that was cute. But then after that, I was just tired. Like I was just tired of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was too bad because they did have nice chemistry. So if it had been. Just like a sweeter movie, yeah. Then that would have been fine with me, but yeah, yeah, she's pretty charming in the movie. I just her character bothered me so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, how much of the time then do you think, like when it was made, affected it? Like, yeah, I don't. I hate to say this phrase. That would not be made. Like the whole
0: concept of like using marriage to get what you want or to stop someone from doing something that they aspire to do. Like this was one of his greatest dreams. And she was like, No, you're not gonna do that. <laughs> like I did it for him. Yeah. And she'd rather he be unhappy than successful. And it's not like he was gonna go and marry someone else. Like he yeah. was obviously very faithful to her. And they're starting off their marriage with a lie. Yeah. No. Right. You know, and then a lot of the other characters like in giving her advice it was very sexist in being the wife like once you get married you're not supposed to get along and the wife isn't supposed to have a job and just all that nonsense so
1: it's just worlds away in it that's awful
0: and it was just one of those like 40s melodramas that just like just wouldn't be made today anyway no
1: (laughs) i bet people loved it though
0: yeah they probably did <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it though I don't understand the appeal of that kind of story no same, same. I don't like seeing people be mean to each other for two hours <laughs> yeah.
1: don't get the appeal of
0: it Why? it's no. not fun to watch no it's really not it's and I just feel like it's disappointing to me that a lot of John Garfield's if he his character was in a relationship, it was like that, very strained, very much oh, yeah. like arguing, and uh, like it would have been nice to just see him just have a normal relationship yeah. with a female <laughs> character. But no,
1: <laughs> once again, the bar is low.
0: Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about Saturdays, Children? Funny that with Castle on the Hudson, he like hated Saturdays.
1: Whoa! It even occurred <laughs> me. Oh my
0: god. You should have just stuck to that and not. You should have not done the film, yeah. (laughs) You should have listened to his old character. (laughs) Please. (laughs) But yeah, no thoughts really. I just wanted to tell you what it was about because it was
1: kind of wild. (laughs) It is insane.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's entertaining in some ways but not really like enough to be worth it. So a no from me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: (laughs) Okay, so the next we have Glowing Gold, which came out in nineteen forty. Wow, he did a lot of movies in nineteen (laughs) forty. This is the studio system people like they just turn out. This is why they're kind of all bad.
1: So many
0: films. This is insane. So with *Flowing Gold*, I don't have many memories of this. (laughs) I do remember though. It has Francis Farmer in it. This is the first Francis Farmer film I saw. Oh, Um,
1: and you love Nirvana. I do. I I do.
0: Yeah. I really I liked her a lot in this one, and she was a lot different than I expected as an actor. I don't really know what I expected, honestly, but just seeing her and John Garfield together is game because I feel like they're both figures who are mostly known for like their downfall rather than their careers, yes. and just it was, just, we'll it was a little spooky side. to see them. Yeah, so despite not like having really anything about this movie stick out to me in my memory. I think I would recommend it just for Francis and then also for John, because I think their dynamic in this is interesting. They, like, work at an oil field and... Oh, my God. (laughs) I love this variety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, though, what is this? (laughs) Who's like, let's make a movie about... Digging for oil.
1: <laughs> John Garfield digging for oil.
0: <laughs> so I'll take it, though. I mean, they they have a lot of on-location stuff, which I really like, especially in older films, and that wasn't yes. really a thing. But yeah, it's just a random... I think he's mean in it, from what I remember, and I just don't really like seeing him be super mean.
1: Yeah. Going into his films, I was so shocked at how mean he is in a lot of them.
0: Yeah. Although that's, like, like really horrible. mean. Yeah, he's horrible in some. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we could talk more about that, but, like, in relation to other films that you've yeah. seen, if you want. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've wrote a lot of yeah. notes where I say, mean, villain. Like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which just, like, disappoints me, because not that actors have to play parts that were, like, similar to them, but I, he wasn't really like that in real life. And No. So I just think... Like, it would have been nice to see him just be, like, really nice for once. I don't think... Even in, like, Saturday's Children, which is maybe one of his nicer roles, like, he's not that nice because he's arguing all the time. He never
1: plays anything nice or good. No. That's so weird. I mean... Maybe, maybe Gentleman's
0: Agreement? Very true. Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind yeah. of a nothing part. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like, no, he's no. just so kind I, of... I feel the same. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll go into... The Sea Wolf. Yeah. Uh, was released in 1941. It was directed by Michael Curtiz. Ah, he's back. Yep. So then we have Edward G. Robinson. It's like the main villain, Ida Lupino. My day. Oh, yeah. I love her. She's like. I don't Is her lo- first
1: film with John? No, we haven't spoken about her yet, have we? No,
0: we haven't. Yes. Yeah. Her first movie with him and. She's she's not technically like a love interest cuz she matters a lot more to the plot than just that. And then John Garfield is he's the counterpart to Edward G. Robinson's like evil. He's like the master of this ship and they're all like on this ship and trying to stay alive basically. Um I don't it's oh, a really no. good No, is movie.
1: it like a submarine?
0: No, it's just like a big boat.
1: Is the Sea Wolf not? Because there's another one when he's on a boat, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It looked really good. I didn't watch it. It's the only one I wish I watched. Between Two Worlds, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. I haven't is seen that, on a boat? but I've heard oh, of it. Okay. But yes, they are on a boat in that one. But this is... I'm going to say it's like a pirate ship, but it's that kind of ship. Okay, I could see it. I feel like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. More like a cruise ship.
0: Right? Yeah, they're all like working and living in these like dangerous conditions on this ship. And it's really tense and scary. And I think it's really good. And probably one of John Garfield's like most nuanced performances. And of course, I love Ida Lupino and they are so good together. And she, something I love about her as an actor is like her character, she never really played characters that were, just there to be romantic. She definitely has like agency and a mind of her own. Yes. And yeah, they just play off each other really well. Right. Uh, yeah. So I am kind of need to rewatch this one, but yeah, I definitely would recommend.
1: We could. Okay. And it's quite good to see the start of this amazing work relationship between John
0: and Ida. Yeah. Because yeah, we'll talk about them in out of the fog as well yes but i do wish they'd done more together but i'm just glad we got two
1: the tagline is it's lightning and thunder it's lupino and garfield and i read that as if they've been in loads of films together
0: (laughs) they should have been right (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know why they weren't because they were both popular stars at the time they had great chemistry and both did a lot of noirs I don't know. They missed out. They They really did. (laughs) (laughs) So around this time, like in the early 40s, John Garfield got really involved in helping out with the war effort and um, helping soldiers and just like trying to boost morale. And he and Betty Davis opened the Hollywood Canteen, which is where a bunch of people who would serve would come to eat and get food and hang out with all these like celebrities. And he couldn't serve in the military because of his heart issue. Yes. And so this was like his way of giving sort of his way of serving. Yeah. And so something I find odd and just have noticed is a lot of actors in this time, also like 50s, 60s, and even 70s, like they were very, politically active and involved in like causes and stuff but that's not really like a thing now and I was just wondering if you had any idea why that was so present back then but there are definitely some people who do stuff but
1: Feel like so. We'd say the forties and stuff. We all have the same enemy of the Nazis. Nowadays, though, I feel like we're so divided on so many different things that we couldn't rally together at all. You can't even speak out about anything without having legions of people like wanting to boycott you now and stuff like that. And. Oh, I think it's so annoying. Cause I wish, I wish we had more celebrities like speak out. There's just so much backlash now that no one—they're too afraid. I feel like I, that's amazing that John Garfield did all that stuff. Like, and no one ever talks about that as well. No. Like, this is you know what—he's playing all these baddies and villains, <sighs> and in real life he's lovely and helping out others and stuff. It's wicked. Yeah. Now I really do wish we had more politically active celebrities. I know most of them are frankly, left-leaning. I just wish they were more vocal about it.
0: Do you think they should do that? Because yes. of like, their fame and power?
1: Yes, yes. I always think it. It's, it's like different because it's sport, but like when you are footballers and like they, they would, they take the knee in the tw- before they would kick off. And I love that so much because it that was like bringing it into families that didn't know anything about racism and stuff. And if obviously it's obviously very bad in the UK as well. So that's brilliant. But then you get the people saying, oh, keep politics out of football. They're allowed to have their views. Like, just because they're footballers or in the public eye, like, they should still be allowed to have these views. I hate it when people say keep the politics out. Especially with actors nowadays. This will be the only way people find out about things like this.
0: That's true. You're right. Everyone had a common enemy in the 40s. And there was a war going on. So everyone was very feeling very, like, patriotic. And I just think with the political climate nowadays, you're not really going to get that sense of unity against one thing because, like, even a lot of liberals don't like Democrats and stuff like that. But I do think it's odd that a lot of celebrities, I don't know if they're like afraid or they just don't want to say something, but I feel like they should just because they are in that place of power. But I think back then the actors felt like they had more of a responsibility because even actors were serving like in the military and stuff like that, which I don't know. We've probably said this at one point, you don't, that doesn't happen anymore. And so I just think they felt like they had more at stake and like it was better to do something than do nothing. But unfortunately, I think that's why John Garfield was such a target, was because he was doing stuff and like making films that Hugh Act didn't agree with, which of course is not what you want to think about. Like when you think of America. I'm also
1: now yeah. just thinking about like when celeb celebrities are a bit tone-deaf nowadays, also with like social media. Do you remember when um the pandemic like started, and then Gal Gadot had all the celebrities singing "Imagine." Oh
0: my, yeah. That's
1: their view of activism today. That's what am I gonna
0: do? So <laughs> depressing. There's a lot of celebrities that do now, like they will literally march, or yeah. I mean, Jane Fonda gets arrested and stuff. Like still to that, na- still yeah. now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's like what most actors back then were doing was helping political people campaign or marching. They were physically doing stuff. Like they weren't just singing a tone-deaf yeah. version of some <laughs> song that's not even relevant. If you look at someone like John Garfield, he grew up understanding what it was like to grow up with anti Semitism and the abusive family life and yeah. just I don't know. I think actors back then came from nothing. And so I think they understood more of what it was like yes. and there's a lot of nepotism babies and you know stuff like that so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh wow <What> weird times <laughs> yeah it was very
0: weird <laughs> but yeah it's just strange to think about like how involved people used to be yeah <laughs> <laughs> like insane. I can't see anyone doing stuff like that anymore okay
1: Hepburn save people save children from concentration camps yeah that's insane amazing that's like audrey hepburn doing that what and i think it's because
0: she grew up like with that fear of is that gonna happen to me and yeah uh, so i just think maybe there's the lack of understanding nowadays but that doesn't mean you can't do something no yeah but yeah it's just like she risked her life for people she didn't even know and yeah we'll definitely get more into blacklist and all that stuff later so. definitely god
1: we're still in 1941 <laughs>
0: that's true we got 10 more years <laughs>
1: i love it though Do you want me to go into
0: out of the fog yes yes have you seen out of the fog i have
1: okay good we got john playing harold goth evil evil I <laughs> he's actually, so bad i might think this is his most evil. Ooh. it's about like racketeering and he basically wants these two like fishermen who i think are also they're not from around there so he's like capitalizing on that as well he says to them like i'll ensure your boat and it'll be fine we'll be safe and they're like no don't want that they don't pay it and he like unleashes hell on them it's a good film but i did not like how horrible he was in it, it was so mean <laughs> The two fishermen do end up fighting back as well, which is great. But yeah, it's quite cool though. I love with the title, out of the fog, it's shot very darkly. There's I hate there's loads of fog. <laughs> like <laughs> it does what it says, but it's shot really cool. The water looks amazing. There's not that many set pieces, but it looks it feels so contained. It's it's a really well done made film. I'm wondering now if it's our boy Yep, James Wonhouse, of course. Oh, the cinematographer. I love him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is so good at black and white film. It's insane. Mm-hmm. The, like the most I remember from this film was that how beautiful it looked. Mm. It looked amazing. But yeah, so this is a really good villainous role from John.
0: Also, Ida um, is in this one too.
1: yeah so she's the, one of the fishermen's daughter. So she starts to get a relationship with Harold with John, and then they're like, "Oh my God, that's the man that's like stealing all our money." <laughs> It's a small one, 85
0: minutes, but I think it packs, packs a lot, lot in. Time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What did you think of it? I liked it a lot. It's nice to, that's not really the right word, but <laughs> it's just fun to see him just be like straight evil. Like he, yes. there's no, he has no moral compass and he plays it a little over the top, but like on purpose. I don't know. For me, it worked. I think yeah, some people I, on Letterbox. Didn't like it.
1: Not got the best reviews, but i have been worse, sir.
0: Yeah, but I thought it worked. I think it, like, you could laugh at him, which I felt was necessary, just considering, like, what he was bullying these two old men yeah. into giving him money or he was going to kill them. He could probably find something better to do with his time. Right. And then, of course, love Ida again. And they have a really different dynamic going on here. And yeah, it's just so tense. Like, you can just feel the tension. Yeah. And that, oh, that scene at the end when they're in the boat and they're trying to push him over and so good. The, the, something about the carburetor float, like that yeah, was yeah. Like their code word. Yeah. That was great. I love that part. So well done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, I like that it was funny as well. Like it, yeah. It, there is some great comedy in there. The two old guy leads are like really likable.
1: They were great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd recommend it.
1: I'm thinking as well, because we've mentioned before that sometimes it doesn't know like what genre it is, but like the comedy aspect worked well in there. Like it was just, like not a lot. Yeah. Sparse and I think that's good because then it gave us a little bit of hope and a little bit of glimmer because it's so dark.
0: It's really, yeah.
2: <laughs> Plus
0: I just felt like that's how the characters were as well. It didn't feel like they were trying to insert something no, no. like just for the sake of, yeah.
1: Yeah, they were like that. Yeah i saw on imdb read a thing and it said that originally humphrey bogart was going to play johns harold oh and that's very because look at them yeah <laughs> they are completely opposites yeah even acting wise i'm a bit intrigued yeah. what do you think about that
0: i'm not like i'm that. the biggest
1: Yeah, I know. I'm not the biggest Bogey
0: fan. I don't like him. Do you think he plays a good villain, though? I've seen him play a villain in two films, and he's, like, a pathetic villain. He's not scary at all. John, (laughs) he's not, like, scary, but you can be afraid of him. I just, I can't be afraid of Humphrey Bogart. And he, Bogey and Ida Lupino worked together on two other films, and, like, they hated each other, and... Interesting. So I just... I don't know I feel like the vibes wouldn't have worked because you do sure need off. some like sexual tension yes between her character and what was it like Harold is that what you said his name was his
1: name's Harold yeah
0: you just need something between them because yes. that their relationship is very crucial to this story and I just I couldn't I don't think I could see that <laughs> with both. <Boney>. no, no. <laughs> He doesn't really have <laughs> I mean, sexual chemistry with anyone.
1: Not even with Lauren, like... No.
0: It's, I, I. That's another, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we don't need to get into that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I was just really shocked. Dangerously They Live came out in 1941. John Garfield plays... Oh, he plays a doctor.
1: <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. And this is the Zac Efron thing all over again. Oh my I don't see him. It is. <laughs> oh my
0: God. He's a creepy doctor because... <laughs> So the main character is played by Nancy Coleman and she's like a British intelligence agent, but she gets in a car accident. And so she has amnesia and these people are after her and they're trying to figure out like what information she was going to pass on to someone like when she was traveling in the car too. And so she's sent to the hospital and John Garfield, of course, is like the doctor that is taking care of her. But he's like, he's making passes at her and like leering at her, and it is Hello. so uncomfortable. Why? Why? I
1: hate it.
0: it. Oh, God. Already setting his character up to be like creepy. Are
1: we meant to not like him?
0: I don't, I think we're supposed to like him. No! I'm not surprised. I'm actually not surprised though. It turns out that there's like these Nazis that are after her and they get trapped in their house and they're trying not to like to get killed or reveal information. So the concept's kind of interesting. I just think they did it in like the most boring way possible. And just, yeah, by setting up that John Garfield's character is gaslighting her and just like being creepy is not... Interesting. It's not a fun watch. No, nothing really that exciting happens. Okay. Though there is one scene where John Garfield's like climbing on like the roof okay. of the house, <laughs> and he falls, but it's obviously like they just chucked a dummy, no! like down. Oh, my and... God. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's it, so, fun. I it's love so that. funny! So funny because he just, he just like flops <laughs> down on the ground from like. 10 feet up or something that and just gets him right, right him. back up. <laughs> yeah, and he has no injuries. <laughs> oh my God. I think they just made it because they wanted to, like, just make another movie about yeah. beating Nazis and at least be creative. This is like, but this is during the war, isn't it? Yeah, the war is going on. The US has, I don't think they've entered yet. Oh, I
1: don't, yeah, no, sorry, I don't know uh, about the US bit.
0: No, but. Yeah, just the fact that they, like, made any films about the war, really, like, when it was still going on, is crazy to me.
1: Obviously, making films about the war now is fine, because we know all the stuff now, and we have got to tell those stories. But yeah, during it, it's a bit...
2: Oh,
0: yeah, no. especially might- here, because they don't really take it that seriously. There are war films from that era that I do like, and I think they are respectful, but I think they were all made after the war was over. So I think they understood how serious it really was. I think yeah. during America didn't really know exactly like what was going on. Right. So they were like, oh, yeah, we can just make this silly little movie about Nazis. Like, no. Oh, weird. <laughs> but later <laughs> in the film, it's revealed that he's like an intern. Like he's not even like an actual doctor. And he's put in charge of this baby with amnesia.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. No, please. Like they just know. made it worse. Like, maybe the numbers were tight because of the war, but no. No, on, no, no, no. Not, not an enough.
0: man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we can go to the next. <laughs> we don't need to dwell on this anymore. No. Why do you think he was so popular with just like a working class man?
1: I think... He was popular with that society because I feel like he played the roles in films that they would watch, if that makes sense. Most of his things, his job roles in these films are either like in prison or something. He worked on farms, he worked in the oil rigging industry, like, those are like everyday jobs. So I think people like like that a lot in him. And the fact that he wasn't like so conventional and stuff, definitely, he could be like your mate, like, like. The guy two doors down, or something. Yeah. I just like people could relate to him a lot more than his Hollywood stars, which he was. But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> him doing all that war, health, and stuff like that probably made him look very good in the public eye as well. Because obviously, people who didn't enlist, say in those days, were seen as like chickens. You know what I mean? Horrible thing to call someone. So like him not physically being able to, he obviously had to like push it more. So I think people probably saw that and really respected it. Yeah, that's true. What about you? What do you think? Why do you think?
0: I think it's just because he played a lot of characters that were more relatable and then he himself is more relatable. He was just like a kid from the streets of New York. And it's so cliché. Yeah, <laughs> but he was. Like, he was. And, I mean, he had a thick New York accent. It just... He seemed more realistic, maybe. Like, a more real person than someone else. I'm not saying I really, like, prefer one or the other. I just think if I was just, like, a middle-class person living in the United States in the 40s, like, I'd probably gravitate more towards him.
1: Yeah. He didn't forget where he came from.
0: Yeah. Which is very rare I feel like from an actor oh definitely I feel like I always want to forget (laughs) he's lovely he really was I thought I would bring up this thing that John Garfield mentioned in an article because it came out in 1943 which is when our next film was released it's like where we're at in the story (laughs) yeah (laughs) the timeline this is from a book so I'll just quote the book and it says he advocated full use of every actor in the war effort and true to his American upbringing noted that it was the duty of everyone actors included to participate in politics in a democracy.
1: Wow
0: I think it's interesting that he had that mindset. We
1: can see that from him like clear
0: as day. Yeah the fact that he was so outspoken about it is just very admirable and uh, so yeah our next film is a war film 40s war films are (laughs) iffy yeah they're usually like propaganda and racist how
1: many sorry if you've already said this but how many john garfield war films are there we
0: know i'll just take a quick tally so we've got two because we've got,
1: got destination tokyo and then the one when he's a doctor. Oh, they want to it... say the name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we also have Air Force. Okay. Pride of the Marines, which I'll oh, talk about later. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it, though. So okay. four. Still, such a
1: small portion. of Only acting in like the one decade. That's still a lot in it, like.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's because he only made thirty. Only thirty-one. That's a lot of movies. My... <laughs> So do you want to tell us about Destination Tokyo? Oh my god, yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> oh wow, This yeah, so this, is, this was made during World War II, came out in 1943, and it's about a submarine ship, basically, and the captain is Cary Grant, and he just, it's head of this war fleet, I don't know, like, <laughs> it all takes place on the submarine, which is quite cool, minus like some like dock bits and stuff when they're on the beach. But I'm mostly on the submarine and yeah, so there's loads of men in it. There's John Garfield's Wolf, who's, I quite like his character in this film. I won't lie to you. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like the film, but I like Wolf. He's, quite, he's a classic John Garfield, though. He's just cheeky. Bit of a little bad boy, but actually, tell you what, he's not evil. This okay. is like kind of movie. not, he's not a villain, finally. <laughs> a little bit like cynical and stuff. Um... Loads of men in this film as well, and there's a guy that is a spitting image of James Stewart, and it's not him. What? And it throws <laughs> me off. shall I wait? Should I find it? I should have. Yes. Him. Yeah. I want to see. I think I know his name. Does he I... sound like him? No, he just really looks like him. Is it Robert Hutton? Oh, I think it is. Robert, I Robert Hutton. Okay. I hope you see
0: it. No, I do. I see it. Yeah. 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 young
1: him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They should have played Brothers or something.
1: It's so weird. It's taken me out every time I'm <laughs> on screen. <It's> too... <laughs> oh, and if, I did mention it, but you can tell from the title, they're on their way to Tokyo.
0: That makes sense. It is a
1: typical propaganda film. <laughs> <laughs> Made with the help of the Navy. But for me, it was just, no, it was rubbish. One of my, my favourite actors, and then one of my favourite actors, <laughs> like, in a film together... And do you want to know what's insane? Cary Grant and John Garfield don't share a scene together until 80 minutes in. This film is 135 minutes long.
0: Oh my god, of course it is. And then, when they do, they're on the same ship.
1: This is his captain he's captain how have they not met
0: yet (laughs) yeah and then captain should know his crew right he
1: talks to everyone else he talks to the james stewart lookalike talks (laughs) to the chef and when they're in together they're never shot in frame together which is very weird what the heck except like once they're in Uh, frame together that's so weird i tried (laughs) to look on my imdb if it said oh maybe they just didn't get on or something but nothing about it i'm convinced they didn't meet
0: yeah, they like film their scenes separately, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Superimpose themselves <laughs> in. That's so weird because they're both prominently featured on the poster. And I feel like at yes. this point, them being in a movie together would be a huge selling point. So they just did everyone dirty with that. Really <laughs> weird. And there's
1: loads of scenes where they're like, you know, all the shipmates are having like dinner together and stuff like that. And then Car- I don't know if the captain doesn't do that, but Carrie wasn't eating with them. He's That's really weird. weird. And those were the scenes where, like, John Garfield showed, Oh my god, he was so good in those scenes. There's a great scene where he's in his, like, he's recounting yeah. a story, and he tells, like, that the boys it and stuff. And he's like looking through the window of a bakery, and he switches his, like, face up against the glass. It's very I didn't cute. see that. I'll just have oh,
0: to look at okay. that part. It's
1: great. <laughs> it's little great I don't know. I don't really like watching war films. It's very weird to me this is gonna turn really dark but it's like the end they basically they they blow up like a japanese ship and i don't know i just think it's insane to me because those are like people with lives and stuff and they like killed them they're all celebrating and you the audience should be celebrating but i think oh my god it could have been them getting blown up yeah like all these innocents
0: in a war like that they didn't no one wanted the issue i have with the old hollywood war genre is how positive it is displayed war is not a positive thing and killing people is not a good thing and the audience is supposed to be like wow look at all these cool tough guys like fighting and stuff it just yeah dates the films a lot so I think when there are movies from that period that kind of show the real horrors of war like it really is more impactful for me yes. than like yes. this propaganda stuff. Yes. Yeah. I think also the mu- musicals are big at this time too, yeah. like Anchors Away or On the Town or something like that. Like I'm okay with those because it's already not realistic and it's usually yeah. not about the actual fighting. But when it's like they're literally like fighting and killing people and we're just supposed to be like, woohoo, like that's what's yes. what's... yeah, it's no it's not yeah it's not good (laughs) at least
1: maybe it's good in some films but in this film it's just not done very well at all I don't think like
0: not at all I wonder how well it did because like whenever I hear people talk about John Garfield I don't really hear them talk about this one
1: no because I didn't even know they were like I didn't know about this film (laughs) but it didn't flop or anything like I know I only say this because I only know one that flopped badly of John Garfield's film about later but can't wait to get into that (laughs) I think it was I think it was received quite positively okay so I saw this on IMDb Destination Tokyo inspired Tony Curtis to become an actor what (laughs) weird right (laughs) what (laughs) <laughs> no, so now this is my free. Oh my god, I is... never guessed this film. Like, because no. <laughs> also he's in a really bad war film with Cary Grant, and it's in the sixties with late older Cary Grant, and that was oh. rubbish as well. But my like, god, don't watch that.
0: What is it called? It's
1: Operation Petticoat.
0: Oh, I've heard of that. I could see wow. him maybe being inspired by John Garfield.
1: Yeah, like that typical character. Of yeah. Him. Because Wolf is great. I think I cannot stress enough. Wolf is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> We've
0: got Pride of the Marines, which came out in 1945. And it's based on a true story. Huh. So John Garfield plays Albert Schmid, who was a guy who went off to war and then he got blinded. And it's just about him trying to reaccustom to his life before And he's going to marry this lady, but he doesn't really want to marry her anymore because he's ashamed of being blind. Is John Garfield playing blind then? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. It only, it happens like halfway through though. The movie kind of like sets up his life before the war and then the actual event that blinded him. And then when he's recovering in the hospital and goes back home. The only issue I really had with it is his character is like a really big pain in the butt like he is so mean (laughs) to everyone and it just I just can't sympathize with him at a point because he's so callous and he doesn't want people to help him he doesn't want to admit that he needs help and like and like Mm -hmm. everyone's offering to be there for him and um like they're just glad he survived and stuff like that and he's just being so cruel and it just was not an enjoyable viewing experience.
1: No, it doesn't sound like it. No.
0: <laughs> but this one is a little more realistic, I guess, in terms of the war because we see him in the trenches and they're Ooh. trying to like attack this group of the opposing soldiers and his like both of the guys in the trench with him get shot. And we literally see this one guy get shot in the head and it was like really insane because I'm not used to seeing that in old movies. Yeah, you never do. Oh, my God. And then he gets blinded by um, a grenade blast, I think.
2: I don't know. It's kind of
0: tense. So that scene is pretty good, but then just the stuff around it is not great.
1: So like the whole film.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just like one... One good scene. But yeah, there's still a lot of propaganda in it. Yeah. At least not saying I wanted to see a guy get headshotted or whatever, but I (laughs) think at least it's more realistic.
1: Yeah. And did the war scenes as well. Like I'm quite intrigued with how they filmed it within like those times because they didn't have the camera technology we have now. Did it look realistic and stuff?
0: Yeah, it I mean it definitely was on a soundstage. But, I don't know, it, they were all, like, grimy, and it looked more realistic, which I appreciated as well. I don't remember, like, a whole lot about it. But it's just a weird one. I think he was, like, really invested in this story. I think he read about it in Life or Time magazine, and wow. he knew he wanted to make a film about it, which I think is cool. But I wasn't, like, really blown away by his performance or anything. Okay, I don't know why he it seemed like he was like holding back a little bit
1: okay didn't want to go the full way
0: yeah and I, i'm not sure why because i feel like i probably would have liked it more if he had just gone all in but it makes sense like that he just he wasn't giving it his full potential
1: i wonder why
0: yeah it happen
1: in, in his personal life
0: at that time oh that might have been around when his daughter died oh, yeah, um that's so sad yeah oh and also I think this one has like, a lot of racism in it as well like um, as in is it on purpose or is it like of its uh, yeah the tricky thing about these movies is like is it the character's being racist or is it the movie being racist Yes. and i think it was the movie because anytime these characters would say like a slur or the way the japanese characters were presented was very dated That does
1: it, it ruins it it really does it's just yeah not even like of it's like of its time because they should have known back then that those are not what you said about
0: people like it's so yeah.
1: frustrating
0: i get the they probably did really use those words, but do we need to put it in a movie? Yeah, and then like agree with the this. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't like condemned. No, I don't like it. No,
1: the yeah. poster is very misleading. It looks like a musical. It looks. It happy. does,
0: and they're so happy, and he never smiles in this film, so it's a lie. It's all a lie. <laughs> so bad. What well, duped us. does. <laughs> They really did. But I will say, despite the fact that his character sucks and I hate him, I think it's pretty cool of them to show a blind character in a film of this time. Would have been better if he had been played by a blind actor. But I don't know. It was 1945. I mean, they still don't even really do that today. Yeah. no, exactly. But I think just showing that and showing that he had a lot of opportunity still it was going to change his life but it wasn't going to be as negative as he perceived but Yeah. yeah but i wouldn't really recommend it so this is like john garfield's most
1: mainstream film yeah like i knew about this film before so it's postman always rings twice 1946 plays frank chambers there is a remake of it from the 80s. That's probably why I might know it, but I don't know. It, it's like kind of like a classic that's mad to Frank. He does it? why did he go to the diner? Is there a reason for it? Or is he just like on the, is he just on it's the He's probably land? on the <laughs> run. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Our yeah, Frank I would bet quarters. billions of dollars on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, like, the manager owner of the diner has this beautiful wife. Oh my God. Played by the wonderful Lana Turner. Love her. And so, Frank kind of gets romantically involved with her. Obviously, she's married. So they have they have to plan because this was their only option in the 40s. Yes. They have to plan <laughs> to kill Cora's husband.
0: Yes. So they really yeah. does not deserve it at all. <laughs> they're too, and they're, they're so stupid. Like, they yes, do the they do, worst yeah. attempted kills. Like,
1: yeah. It's so it's stupid. With, the, with, like, the ladder and, like, the electric. Yeah. <laughs> it, it kills a cat. This one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who even thought of that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah.
1: noir It's not really. I don't understand the appeal. There, I'm saying
0: it. Oh no, I, I don't get, get it. it.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I it, the only saving grace for me is Lana Turner, and obviously, I'm not just saying this. John Garfield is good in every film he's Like, he is really good. He's a brilliant actor, and I actually really love seeing him in there. But for me, it's Lana's film. Just because oh, she's sensational in it. Like, <laughs> but this is my first John Garfield film, and I actually really I thought his performance was brilliant. I thought he was oh, I just flown to him all the time. If I wasn't thinking about Cora, I was watching him. So you got and this
0: bi panic film like right here going on like oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, in
1: that white outfit, <laughs> and then you've got Frank beatle tough. And, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. But oh, it's very steamy as well. Yeah. Full of 40s because it's gonna shock everyone.
0: Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> everyone is, will. Whoa!
1: They're gonna be like, what? <laughs> there is a kiss scene with tongues. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. No way! <laughs> but like, I think it's the one when they're in the kitchen and they're like, I think she's like baking bread or something. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
0: wow how romantic right.
1: oh beautiful scene
0: <laughs>
1: well I remember seeing it and being be like this this should not be allowed 47 oh wait a minute 46 what no you can't be doing that
0: <laughs> it's kind of funny to me that that is mentioned because I remember reading trivia for Splendor in the Grass and they said yes, that was yes. the first movie to put like a French yeah. kiss on there or whatever
1: yes because yeah, we spoke about it on that on the Natalie pod yeah <laughs> like little old me didn't even realize you go back another decade you're gonna see yeah. something even steamier
0: <laughs> I don't know the waterfall more sensual than bread
1: yes. yeah <laughs> it's in the kitchen
0: I just I really love bread it's the smell oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They run a filling station and like a cafe yes. and she is the sh- like the chef or the cook or something there.
1: Yes. Yeah. They don't have any wait staff. And I think actually they, they hire Frank.
0: But yeah. yeah he runs the pump. Part. Yes.
1: They're just small business doing it on their yeah. own. <laughs> never
0: ever <laughs> see them work.
1: I never have no. them. They
0: don't have any customers anyway. <laughs> it's a wonder they're even in business. right <laughs> <laughs>
1: But then, so this is a part, I like the bit in them trying to kill. Let me just get his name and then trying to kill Nick. Yeah. But it's a bit when they. It's like a tell of two halves because then after they. So obviously, spoilers. Like, (laughs)
0: yeah.
1: Big spoilers. They do. It's the
0: car. He like falls. They drive. Oh my God, this is so stupid. No, it's going back to me. Yeah. A car off the cliff. But then, like, they're still in the car, too?
1: Like, why would you be.
0: Oh, and because then he the has police... to get his
1: alibi. Yeah. So
0: it's just coming back to me now. And, yeah, so Nick falls off the cliff in the car. Yeah, John Garfield gets like that big gash on his head. Yes. yes. And then Cora's going to let him die, basically. Yeah. yeah, so then they're kind of, they don't like each other anymore. It turns on
1: Cora in it, which annoyed yeah. me because. Well, she was going to let him die. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> I support women's wrongs. <laughs>
0: Then it turns into like a court drama, yes. and it just go. You know. yeah, that's when
1: I <laughs> yeah. literally lost interest. I yeah, didn't know what's going on, and also I'm gonna say something so bad because I think they met. They I think they explain it. Don't understand the title.
0: Yeah, me neither. Honestly, let me look up this yeah. little monologue. I
1: I'll just think they think it's a reason that it's the most popular one. I can't think of anything. I don't
0: know. Okay, yeah, because with me, this was one of like the middle ones of his I watched and I did know it was like his most popular and when I watched it I was like if I if this was like the first one of his I'd seen I don't think I would have cared about him because it's like for me I think it's one of his worst performances yeah and it's really stupid but not on purpose yeah there's not a lot of substance No. the plot. And I just think the whole genre, like there is an entire collection of films about like people wanting to kill someone to like get yeah. insurance money or just like to be together. There's way better ones out there. So I think it is strange that this is the one of his filmography that sticks out to people. Yeah. Because I yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, so...
1: No, no. Like, definitely not as a first or like a stepping stone in.
0: No. I just remember, I could not get over how dumb they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just break up with your husband, Cora. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> or just like, keep doing what you're doing. I don't really remember why they had to kill him. Did they, like, for money? Probably. Oh. Um, Nick didn't seem to care that much that they were having an affair. No. From what I remember. No, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So I found the little monologue. Yes. Oh my God. Read that. So, <laughs> I'm not an actor.
1: I love that disclaimer. <laughs> As I want to teach your Jules, and they're like, I'm no artist. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so he says, there's something about this that's like, it's like you're expecting a letter that you're just crazy to get and hang around the front door for fear you might not hear him ring. You never realize that he always rings twice. He rang twice for Cora, and now he's ringing twice for me, isn't he? The truth is, you always hear him ring the second time, even if you're way out in the backyard. Father, you were right. It all works out. I guess God knows more about these things than we do.
1: Interesting. So as opposed to, like, death? Like, karma? Well,
0: I think so. Like, they re- like, at this point in the film, they realize that they messed up and... Like, they just have to accept their fate.
1: I actually quite like that quote, though. I get yeah. it, I get it. No. I get it, but
0: also not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think maybe in, like, novel form it worked better. Yes, because it was a book, probably, wasn't it? Yeah, make it, like, more thematic. But in just, just in the film, stuff happened, but I didn't gain anything from it. I wasn't like, oh, this film is really smart. <laughs> no, yeah, I know exactly
1: what you mean. <laughs> Except yeah. I definitely thought it was, like, better than it was.
0: I, yeah for sure because even as a noir it's not very good in that no. sense
1: I guess it's a femme fatale element there but yeah it's just I don't know I've seen loads of better ones yeah and there's a better John
0: Garfield films I did write it a three and a
1: half but I think that's more so keep up appearances <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I gave it a two yeah you did yeah yeah, yeah but I give it like a five for entertainment value because it you is. You were laughing. I, it was so fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, the
1: ending annoyed me. So I just thought of yeah. the ending. <gasps> that really annoyed me with what, what happened to Cora. What happened? Spoiler alert again. Uh, so she dies because <laughs> they've got does? to kill her because, with the haze code and everything. Oh. Someone had to get their commotions. So, with our intro, we met with her with the lipstick falling on the ground. So then, which is great. It's a great introduction. Yeah, iconic, yeah. And then at the end, so her he kills her. Kill her. He must kill her. But then, no, I think she's drunk or something. Because okay. if he killed her, then he'd have to get his kimuffins. Because of the haze and stuff. So she's driving, and she crashes. And then the car door opens, and her body falls out, and her hand falls out. And then out of her hand is a lipstick, and it rolls across <sighs> the floor. And
0: oh. The end, which... That's actually like, really cool. It's
1: a cool ending. Yeah. But I love
0: Cora and I don't want her to die. <laughs> no. They should probably should have both died, honestly, if they were uh, going to follow I can't that, remember that rule. What, what happened to Frank?
1: I think he got, I think he was fine. I think he might have Yeah, cause I cause I don't... they all blamed it on Cora.
0: Yeah. I don't know if he even went to prison. I
1: think course, he might have got off free. I really yeah.
0: do. This is probably really controversial, but I didn't think John Garfield and Lana Turner had any chemistry. Yeah. I don't, I, oh is stale.
1: <laughs> I fear I might have actually, though. I think I did because I think I got the vibe that they hated each other. Yeah. And that to me is hot. I'm just double checking. I'm just
0: checking what I wrote about it. I think I did. Because, yeah, they didn't. I don't think they liked each other during filming. They I don't they no. had their affair after filming ended.
1: Yes. You can tell they didn't like each other.
0: Yeah. But not in like a an interesting way. Yeah. Because there's definitely like co stars I've seen where I don't know if it's like just professionalism or they still had good chemistry anyway. I wouldn't have been able to tell. But here I was like, it's not just their characters that dislike each other. I guess I didn't get why they wanted to be together anyway, like the characters, because they never really got along.
1: Yes. So no like, relationship. It wasn't believable.
0: No, I just didn't get the film. It's like they were just together because they were together. Like, yeah. The plot. They should have developed it a little bit more. Like, we, yeah. I think it's okay for us to root for them. But like, I never rooted for them.
1: No, they can be anti heroes, and it is quite funny, like, all sneaking around and stuff. But yeah, yeah, they didn't really give us. I think it works when maybe one of them is evil and they're a bit corrupt, and then the other isn't.
0: Yeah. They were both, they both horrible were people. Just so bitter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would have liked them both on their own, rather than together.
0: Yeah. And I think another thing that bothered me was Cora's husband was actually a really cool guy. And then they made him. Turn kind of evil and demanding, yeah. like halfway through the film. So we'd be like, "Oh, it's okay that they kill him," but he wasn't like that before. But they just did it for plot purposes, and I hate it when they do that in movies.
1: Yeah, it's just the writer making his like, own thing in it.
0: Yeah, but we do get like a couple beach scenes. Yes, yes, which are so funny in old movies because they run in the water and then they run out of the water. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They never go in. No. We see Lana in a swimming costume a lot as well.
0: I liked her costumes. I didn't like her hair because it washed her out so much. Yes. It was platinum, wasn't it? I got what they were going for, but it just made her look really weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think they should
1: have got a bit natural, maybe.
0: Yeah, because I think she already had pretty blonde hair. I think blonde hair would have been okay, especially because they already had the really bright white outfits, so...
1: No, you're so right.
0: It definitely washed her out. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any other thoughts on this or should we get To into be
1: it? honest, no, I didn't. Okay. I just didn't. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I just don't understand the hype really. Me neither. Which is going to be controversial. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I always find it so weird how I generally don't like the most popular film of mm-hmm. actors that I do like. And I'm always like, why is this the one that appealed to the masses more than, say, like, Body and Soul or something? Yeah. Very odd. Yeah. I'm so
1: surprised that Body and Soul, obviously we know it's great critically. Yeah, mm-hmm. not really mainstream or, like, in the in pop
0: culture. Also, at this point, I'm tired of seeing John Garfield play just these kind of guys. Like, I'm sure he got really tired of it, too. And... Yeah. Yeah. But I liked his voiceover, though. Because he had I don't know I just like hearing him talk his accent is yeah. very fun. He has a perfect
1: voice for voiceovers.
0: He does yeah.
1: He just, I can hear him talk all day I love
0: it. Same. Now we had to talk about something a little more depressing. Yes. So as we mentioned before John Garfield and Lana Turner had a brief affair after the filming of The Postman Always Rings Twice and this was Not the first time, nor the last time John Garfield had an affair with someone. I do think she was the only co-star that he had a fling with, though. So I'm not saying that makes it better or anything like (laughs) that. But yeah, I just wanted to get into that. What do you think about him cheating on his wife? And he wasn't always very present for his family and for his children. And does it affect how you view him as a person or an actor or anything like that nice so I want
1: to preface this by saying that I despise cheaters I think it's a horrible thing to oh my god it's like actually terrifies me the thought that someone would be cheating on you you know what I mean I just morally wrong to me I don't think you can come back from cheating either you know you or if you've got someone from cheating you lose them how you get them I hate it so much I hate it hate it but it doesn't make oh god it doesn't make me hate John at all like obviously you look at it and you're like oh god that is so gross like horrible but like his star persona is kind of like a cynic bad boy on the surface he's not a happy family man you know what I mean and he might have been in, behind closed doors so it doesn't affect me too much oh I don't ever want to justify cheating as I just said it's the worst thing ever but also like
0: everyone was doing it in the 40s yeah I think it's so tough with actors because in like the 30s and 40s and 50s like everybody was sleeping with each other but then it's like just because everyone is Doing it does that make it okay? Yeah.
1: No. Then. No. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But also, I will say that also not making excuses for him. Like I definitely do not agree with um, this aspect of his life. Yes. But he didn't grow up with knowing how to have a healthy relationship because yeah. his mother died and his father was abusive, and he and his wife got married when they were very young. And so I think sometimes you can be like, oh, wait, maybe that's not something I really wanted to do. I just felt like I had to. Yeah. Which is why sometimes I feel like I have to blame the time period or the system rather than the person because you had to get married and you had to have kids. And they just had to be happy and get along and all that stuff. And so I think a lot of people felt like they had to do that, but then they still wanted to be with other people. Yeah. And I think if, like, you and your partner agreed to have an open relationship, then that's fine, but I don't think they did. Yes. Do do you
1: know how his wife felt? Did she ever say anything?
0: I think she just put up with it. Yeah. I feel like it was probably for the sake of their kids. Yes. Yeah. And they did get divorced very, near the very end of his life, but I don't Yes, cuz he it was They were separated, of, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I, exactly why, but I would I could imagine she like didn't want to put up with that anymore.
1: Yeah. So.
0: But yeah, it sucks. I still yeah. love him as an actor and I think he still did a lot of great things as a person. But yeah, cheating. I kind
1: There's of have to draw the line. It's weird with celebrities because obviously I don't know them personally. If it was someone I knew personally that cheated, and I'm like, so one of my friends being cheated on, I'm like, dump him. I would not be happy if one of my friends cheated on one of their partners. But I, I do feel a bit detached because I don't know him personally. Sure. And especially because like he was around in the forties.
0: Yeah, like, it happened 80 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay to be disappointed, but it's like, you're not going to change anything. So just enjoy his films. Also, if you're going to be as famous as him, and I think sometimes, like, that got to his head, like, they've inflated Yes. Go. Yeah. And all these women are throwing themselves at you. Like, someone like him is gonna take advantage of that okay. so yeah it's like i don't want to judge anyone but of course i still want to hold people accountable yeah. but then it's also yeah. like have been dead for a really long time yeah. so it's just a weird thing but and also like his obviously she would
1: julie his daughter loves him and she has every right to so like why i also look at it a bit more favorably and is she and- like
0: Holds him accountable too, so I think I'll just kind of whatever she says about it, like is just how I'll feel about it because yes, of course she has a right to be upset, but I think it's good that she doesn't try to cover up for it or romanticize it or anything like that. Yes.
1: So was Lana in a relationship?
0: I'm not sure. Let me look. It looks like around this, it says she Lana started dating robert hutton while they were while she was making postman i don't know who robert hutton is <laughs> i could not tell you who this man is robert hutton yeah do you know him the one that looks like jim stewart wait what
1: <laughs> no this is clue no. Clue. no What? what? no <laughs> oh, God. That's it. i'm good that's insane
0: Oh my, wait, what? <laughs> the coincidence.
1: Robert Hutton, yeah? Yeah. Tim! What's a Tim Stewart look like? <laughs> That's in- No, I don't like that. That's very weird. That's weird. Oh no. Oh my God, look at them two together. Oh, it's quite sweet actually.
0: But anyway... Yeah, I just think it's interesting in the first place that she and John Garfield even had an affair because they didn't sense, like, any chemistry between them. No. <laughs> so I think it was pretty short-lived, but I think they I mean, stayed they, friends. That's nice. I like I like that. Yeah. It didn't work out. Try again, innit? Which it? is probably for the best because I think they both were chronic cheaters, so... Yeah. It's yeah. happened. <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I
1: think I like what we've said about that I think it's good Yeah.
2: well that's it for today's episode but make sure to tune in next week where we'll be talking about the rest of John Garfield's films as well as roles we would have liked to have seen him play The Blacklist and doing our fan casting along with lots of other fun things we hope you all are having a great new year so far and we're excited for all of the great subjects we've got lined up for this year. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at flick.loving.chick and Louise at 1001 films a day for updates on the podcast. We're also currently doing a scavenger hunt with prompts that relate to the podcast episodes we released back in 2022. So make sure to check that out on my Letterboxd account. We'd really appreciate it if you guys took part. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and stay tuned for next week. This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.